Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You are now listening to Chuck Talk, hosted by me, Charlie, and my good friend and co-host, Zach. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, Charlie. How are you? Can't complain. I mean, talking talking some baseball. I know the listeners love baseball. Um, I do, too. I mean, even though none of our teams are playing in it. Um, yeah, I mean, let's hop into it. It's the World Series preview. Kind of a, a shocking matchup, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I mean, both these teams were down 3-2 uh, going into game six on the road and somehow pulled it out, won both of their games uh, in game seven. And honestly, not really blowout fashion, but one of them was. One of them wasn't. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Zach, what are your thoughts on – I mean, I know you probably haven't watched much of the playoffs, but – I watched like an inning. An inning? I watched the eighth inning of the game seven – of uh, the Diamondbacks mm. and Phillies, okay. yeah, Game Seven. Anyway, I don't know why I watched it. I was I thought I saw it was like two man on. They were a down three. Harper up to bat, and I was like, I'm gonna watch that. And then I saw Harper. Uh, I think he struck out or grounded out. Um. Anyway, yeah. No, I one thing I will say is. You know, for the Rangers, it's been nice to see them kind of build this team up slowly throughout the last couple of seasons. Um, obviously, both these teams had uh, over 100 losses a couple of seasons ago. And two years ago. Season. Yeah, a couple, two. Yeah, no, I'm saying it's like, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And we remember the, you know, last year we talked about the Rangers kind of adding some small pieces. And we were like, yeah, well, you know, maybe it won't be enough yet. But then they made some big trades this trade deadline. Got Degrom and Scherzer. Am I am I wrong? Right. Well, they signed Degrom in the off season, right? And they traded for Scherzer, who hasn't really performed. But the big piece they picked up, or he wasn't really that big of a piece, but he's turned into a big piece. Uh, that is Jordan Montgomery. Right. Yeah, um, he's great. And point being is, if you would have said, "Hey, Degrom and Scherzer are going to be in a World Series at the beginning of the season," you'd have been like, "Oh, good for the Mets," but. It's just kind of funny that they both made it and they're on the Rangers of all teams. And well, the story is they, you know, they built a pretty good team up here. Um, and they built it the right way, you know. And I, I think both teams could be said about could you could say both about this each team. Um, but yeah, no, and it's just kind of happy for both these teams. You know, I it's one of those world series where I'm excited for either team, which is very rare for a championship series for me, any sport. Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to go back on to the Jordan Montgomery. I mean, the Texas Rangers really have two really good starting pitchers, uh, and it's funny because uh, they both formally come from our favorite teams. Uh, first one I'll mention is Nathan Avaldi, who in the World Series, I mean, he's only pitched eight innings, um, but he has a 1.13 ERA. Um, but this he playoffs, always, he, he was always like a reliever slash starter when he was on the Red Sox. He was never really like your big go-to guy until late, and then he left. Yeah, he's he's had like two or three Tommy John surgeries, and after every Tom, Tommy John, he gets better. Um, I mean, he has he's pitched four games. Uh, he's a 2.42 ERA, um, 28 strikeouts. I mean, that's absurd. Uh, and then the other one, Jordan Montgomery, um, 2.16 ERA, um, three wins, pitched in five games, helped close out game seven. Um, with 17 strikeouts and his effectiveness against Jordan Alvarez, I think solely 
um, won them that series because I think he was the only pitcher on the Rangers that could shut down Jordan consistently every at bat. So, all right, then I mean, taking a look at uh, the Diamondbacks side, I would say I don't know if you could call it a homegrown team, but I think it's as close as you really could get to a homegrown team. Um, but I have one person that comes to mind for them is Christian Walker at, at bats, former Carolina Gamecock. Um, but I don't know too much about the Diamondbacks. I know their I know their bats are pretty good. But... Yeah, I so Christian Walker on paper is their best power hitter. Uh and he honestly has had a pretty disappointing um playoffs. I mean, he let's see, he's batting 179. I mean, he still has a respectable 365 uh, on base percentage, only a 357 slugging, uh, and a sub six OPS. Um, but I mean, and they've honestly they've had some big at bats by certain people in different parts of the games. Uh, I mean, Corbin Carroll going into Game Seven, who's going to win the NL Rookie of the Year. Uh, I believe he was batting well under 200 going into Game Seven, and then I think he went three for three or four for four. Um, and his average is now 295. Um, another thing that I saw that the, uh, gosh, the Diamondbacks are doing, it just sounds so weird saying Diamondbacks at World Series. Um, they stole a lot of bases. Um, right. Specifically, uh, Corbin Carroll has four stolen bases. Somehow Christian Walker has four stolen bases. Um, another player that you need to talk about who is really, really underrated uh, is Cattell Marte. Uh, everybody knows his brother, but Cattell Marte has stuck with the Diamondbacks uh, through thick and thin uh, and whatnot. And, but I will say, I think the main reason why the Diamondbacks have gotten this far is because of their bullpen. I know when I talked about them at the beginning um, of the playoff series breakdown, um, at the beginning of, of the playoffs, uh, I said they really didn't have a bullpen. And Zach, boy, was I wrong. Um, yes, they have some good starting pitching with Zach Gallon, who's honestly kind of underperformed this playoffs. Uh, but Merrill Kelly has a two and one record, uh, two six five ERA. Uh, but another dude who he's a rookie. Uh, I don't even think he he was in the minors to start the year. I'm gonna butcher his name, Brandon Fat Fad. Um, he's a two point seven ERA with twenty two strikeouts and only sixteen and two thirds innings pitch. Um, but I want to talk about their bullpen. Um, mainly Kevin Ginkle. Uh, I've never heard of this dude, Zach, and I watch a lot of baseball, probably more than the average person. Uh, Kevin Ginkle, he's pitched uh, nine innings. He's given up no runs, 13 strikeouts. Paul Sewell, he's pitched eight innings, no runs allowed. Uh, another guy that they have, uh, Ryan Thompson, he's allowed three runs, uh, 10 and two-thirds innings with eight strikeouts. He just has a funky delivery. Um, and they also got two really good lefties coming out of there with Joe Mantiply. Uh, former Yankee, and then Andrew Salfrank, um, both coming in with respectable ERAs. Um, actually, that's a lie. They're both over a five. But, I mean, it's still decent lefties. I mean, especially the lefties that they just faced. Um, I mean, you think about Freddie Freeman uh, in the DS, and then in the CS, Kyle Schwoba. You got to say it like that, Zach, you know? Uh, and Bryce Harper. So, Yeah, no, that's one thing that kind of allowed them, obviously the bullpen, but, I mean, this is – really speaking to the bullpen still, but allowed them to make it this far as they were able to shut down those Philadelphia bats like completely at the end of that last series and allowed them to come back and win it all. Well, you know what I mean when I say win it all, win the whole series. Um, 
But to that bullpen, though, it really could just be a case. Like, you couldn't, it might not be wrong that they might not be a great bullpen on paper, but sometimes teams just hit the stride at the right time. And, you know, they're building that recipe for success. They got the great bullpen, as you said, this playoffs. Uh, they got guys that get on base and they can steal bases. And then they got some power hitters to complement them as well. So, sounds like a recipe for success, if you ask me. And it's all, it's hitting at the right time. And that's all you really need in the playoffs, playoff run. <laughs> Yeah, and I would say the Texas Rangers are the complete opposite of that with the stolen bases. Um, really, that bullpen, I will confidence saying, is bad. But I'll, I'm going to address their lineup first. Um, obviously, their big one-two-three punch uh, is Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, and Adoles Garcia. Um, Marcus Simeon, who's honestly hit over 300 his last three healthy years that he's played, um, which is outside of last year. Um He's been a really good hitter, but in this playoffs, he's he's batting 192. Um, really not doing anything. He has two, two doubles, 10 overall hits, um, but they're big guys. Corey Seager, he has a 333 slash, uh, batting average, um, three homers, six RBIs, which is not bad coming from the two spot and only 12 games played. Um, but Zach, Adolis Garcia, if I would have told you how the Rangers got Adolis Garcia, you would laugh and – be thankful you're not a fan of this team. The Cardinals a couple of years yeah, ago. I, I remember him being was it traded? Yeah, he was traded for cash yeah. considerations. Jesus. Yeah. Um the outfield for the Cardinals at one point in the single A or whatever was I wonder where he was ranked at the time inside of the organization. I don't think he was high. Um it was Harrison Bader in center, Adolis in right, and then Randy and Rosarena in left field. That's a so, really good single A um, team. But Adolis Garcia, he set the most RBIs record ever for a playoff series. We had 16 RBIs uh, against the Astros. Um, granted, some of those were tally on runs at the end where, I mean, it doesn't Dude, matter. RBI is an RBI. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he's batting 327 with a 750 slugging. Um, both him and Slo- uh, Seager are over a 1.1 OPS, which is absurd. Um, Zach, I'll be honest. I think this this playoff matchup is this World Series matchup. I apologize. Is this going to be solely who's going to hit the ball better, aka if the Rangers can hit the ball or if the Diamondbacks can shut them down? Because I don't think, I mean, I, the Rangers if they can get to the bullpen early, I think it'll be good. Outside of, I mean, I'm not even going to say Rollis Chapman. Yes, he's put up good numbers, but I mean, unless he only sucks with the Yankees, which is definitely possible. Um, they only have one really good relief pitcher in Josh uh, Josh Bores. Um, I mean, Jose LeCarc is a good re- good closing pitcher. He kind of did have a meltdown, allowed that three-run home run to Altuve in game five, um, which ultimately lost them that game. But, I mean, their big one-two punch is Nathan Evaldi and Jordan Montgomery. Uh, Max Herger, he pitched two, two games. He's a 9.45 ERA. Uh, Andrew Heaney, 6.7 ERA. Dane Dunning, almost an 8 ERA. I mean, it's it's really just going to be if the Rangers can score runs because I think their bullpen and starting pitcher, especially with Zach Allen, who's had a couple bad starts, Merrill Kelly, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I think it will just be depending on that, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I think so as well. But, I mean, we'll have to see. I think – um, the Rangers kind of remind me of the Boston Red Sox teams that would go far in the playoffs and win World Series where they're top-heavy rotation, good bats, but nothing in the pen. 
Decent yeah, and it's there. this Rangers team is so weird because they are the streakiest team I've ever seen in my life. I remember, I think in May, they had like a 10-game lead, and that's early. May having a 10-game lead uh, in the AL West. And I think at one point they were behind like seven games. Um, there's it, just it's stupid streaky. Both teams have only lost three games this entire playoffs, um, which both teams have played. I don't think the Rangers twelve have lost games a road game either, right? Correct. Some, or or at the very least, they didn't lose one in the in the Astros series. But I don't yeah, think they the lost Rangers, one at all. The Rangers haven't lost a road game at all, which is crazy. <laughs> Because usually it's quite the opposite, but and then on the flip side, the Rangers are one in three at home. So I mean, it's just weird, you know. But that's a good thing, good trait to have is be good on the road, of course. But yeah, it's hard to keep that consistent as far as like winning on the road. But it is an interesting stat. I don't know if Charles, if you saw, like, I don't know if this is exactly true, but it's like still true to an extent. The Rangers wouldn't, no, the Diamondbacks wouldn't be here. If not for a right fielder having an air on the on the Braves, correct. See, uh, Seiya Suzuki. I don't think that's true. I think they would have won the tiebreaker regardless. No, it's it's not the the Cubs would have made the playoffs over the Diamondbacks if so, he would have caught that. So it's crazy kind of butterfly effect. I, I don't I don't know the guy's name, but basically two men on bottom of the eighth, right fielder for the for the Cubs drops a fly ball, basically essentially losing them a game a game against the Braves late in the season. They win that game. They're in the playoffs. Like they would have been in the playoffs if they play out the same. Instead, they're not. Diamondbacks get in. They make the World Series. It's crazy. Correct. And to go into the World Series before we get to your picks, this is going to be a short episode because, I mean, there's not much else we could talk about. I mean, neither of us like these teams. I know Zach really hasn't paid that much attention, but regardless, um, Diamondbacks are 1-0 in the World Series, um, saying that they've won a World Series and haven't lost one. Um, the Rangers are... Uh, 0-2 when they lost back-to-back in 2010 and 2011, I believe. Right, yeah. That, that, uh, and the that Cardinals segue- and the Giants. That segues right into what I was going to say about my pick. And in that, you know, I, I feel some magic here for the Diamondbacks. I mean, you can say for, for, for both, right? But I think the real dogs are probably the Diamondbacks. And oh, maybe, without a doubt. Uh, I think this is – I don't know if, I don't know if I can say this confidently, but I feel like this has got to be the lowest or one of the lowest combined win totals of two teams in a World Series. It's it's, like 80, uh, it's up there. It's not uh, no the Diamondbacks only have eighty four wins. Yeah, so it's got to be like it's top five, not number one. I think it's a total of like a hundred and. I think the Rangers have ninety, so I think it's like one hundred and seventy exactly. I don't think that, I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, I thought it was ninety for the Rangers, but I could be wrong. I'll tell you exactly in a second. Keep going right, though. Well. My point is, though, I, we've seen the Rangers make it. And this is a long time ago, but I, I know I'm alive long enough to just know some of these things. Now, that I, I'm kind of old, honestly. But I remember the Rangers making it twice, and they lost both times, and that sticks with me. You know, I'm like, you know what? I don't really know who to pick, so I think, okay, Rangers have a history of losing in the postseason in the World Series. And, uh, you know, I think the Diamondbacks, I like the speed on their team. Uh, I like I like that kind of style of team, speed, get on base, good pitching, defense kind of thing. And just because I like that style of team, it makes me want to root for them, so I'm going to pick them. I think they went in six. Who'd you pick again? Sorry. Diamondbacks. All right. The uh, Rangers did have 90 exactly, so that would have yeah. been 174. That's, um, that's got to be the lowest. Solely just because 
I feel like Nathan Avaldi is a really good pitcher in the postseason. Um, and then Diamondbacks, I mean, um, let me look at their lineup. I mean, they have two, two or three really good lefties. Um, I'm just going to go the Rangers to go opposite with you. Um, my I solely hard pick is who I want to win, not really who I think will win. Oh, I, I, you see, my favorite, my favorite player in the MLB that's from the Gamecocks since Jackie Bradley's not playing, um, is Jordan Montgomery. I mean, I, I know it's I hard pay- for you to like Jackie Bradley though because it's it history. is. I painted I painted a picture of Jordan Montgomery during COVID. Uh, it's honestly really cool. Um, so I'm going to pick the, the Rangers. Um, it's it's really going to depend on the top half of the lineup for the Diamondbacks. Um, if Christian Walker gets going and Corbin Carroll could follow his game seven performance, and I mean, could tell Marte he's batting 358 right now, um, which is insane. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, the rest of the lineup is really not cracking 250. I mean. Geraldo Perdomo, the nine hitter sitting 278, which is good. Um, but I'm gonna go Rangers in five. Um, I, I really hope it's not that. I wanna I want a fun series to watch or have in the background while I'm watching football, basketball, or hockey. Um, yeah, Rangers in five, just with that lineup. I don't know if the Diamondbacks can can really shut them down. I got two questions, I guess. Well, one question, one statement, uh, before we head out. Um First one is, isn't there a this is, an, this is the statement. Isn't there a promo with Taco Bell stealing a base free taco? There usually is. Oh, and another thing I want to say, Zach, the streak is still on the line, technically. What it what is? Whenever I go to a new stadium, that team goes on to win the World Series. Let me think about that. Rangers? Did you go to the Rangers Stadium? I did. They're pretty close, right? Not really. It's three hours apart, but when I was in Dallas, or Dallas, but I was really in Arlington, which is where the Rangers play, um, it's about a mile from AT&T Stadium, uh, and it's right next to the bar that um, me and Jack went That's to cool. two nights in a row. I heard some so, nice stadium. It's like, what, Globe something? Globe, Globe Life, Globe Life yeah, Park. Globe Life. It's really beautiful, though. Yeah, I, I, I want to go there. Um, anyway, I was hanging with the tacos. Isn't it like Doritos Locos Taco or something? Like, you get a free taco on a stolen base. Yes. I think there's going to be a lot of tacos given out. That's the- yeah, both catchers are hit or miss. I know um, Jonah Heim is the catcher for uh, the Rangers, and then the catcher for the Diamondbacks is Gabriel Moreno, um, who's, who's had a pretty good postseason. I know he's been banged up a couple of bit. I know he's got a concussion. I know Bryce Harper ran into him. Um, Zach, how about this? I'll ask you a question. I mean, I know you don't have probably don't have the lineups in front of you. If you had to guess, who's going to get the first taco? Who's it going to be? I don't know. You don't know. Give me like four players. I'm going to just otherwise I'm just going to say Christian Walker. It's a lineup. Um, Evan Carter, Leody Tavares, Corbin Carroll. Who sounds fast? Uh, Tommy Pham. I'm going to go Christian Walker on some crazy stuff. I got to okay. support the Cox. Uh, I'm going to go Corbin Carroll. Uh, he might open the game with a single and steal second right away. That'd be electric. So my other question, and kind of pertains to this topic. Do you think that the stolen base rule changes might have affected, I guess, or made teams better this season, i.e. saying a part in the, the run for the Diamondbacks, allowing it to happen? I wouldn't say the postseason run entirely. 
Um, but I mean, to put that in perspective, Corbin Carroll had 54 stolen bases in the regular season. Um, I do think it's better for the game. I think it speeds up the game. It makes it more interesting, more run scored, um, really preventing guys to get on because at first you're like, I, I don't care if this dude gets on. He's whatever. Um, but I do, you see, it, it probably has helped because previously teams wouldn't care about having a a good catcher that can throw people out. Um, right now, the focus is catchers that can frame the ball. I don't kind of really spin zoning this question, but well, I would, my point is, do I just do you think that the rule change and you know the stolen base increase is a reason that they got here? Not necessarily saying postseason in general. Like, do you think it turned them from a team maybe I think to get previous into, rules that would, might not have been a playoff team into a obviously a championship team? It, it, yes, I do think it's gotten them to the playoffs. Uh, I think it's this far that in the really talk about this far in the playoffs. No, um, I mean. They only had five guys with 10 or more stolen bases. And Christian Walker had 11 stolen bases, which is hilarious to me still. Um, So I'm going to say it helped them get in because, I mean, still previously you wouldn't have five guys with 10 or more stolen bases on your team. So I mean, like a good, a good stolen base amount for someone fast is like 30, 40 before this season. I mean, now you have guys what, pushing 70, right? Yeah, I think Acuna. I think Acuna hit. Yeah, he had a forty-seven. He had a forty forty seventy season. I'm pretty sure. Yes. So I'm just. My point is, I was just curious. You know, I think that makes. I think that's a, something that people didn't really maybe discuss a lot. Just that this rule change might have made teams that might not have been contenders contenders. Of you know, it it definitely over, helped overnight. them. It definitely helped them. And then obviously you increase that value, like you said, of catchers that can throw people out, and I think. Value of maybe people that are fast, you might have want to have more than one of them in your lineup. Traditionally, you might have had one, maybe two. That and the Diamondbacks love playing small ball. I think I saw them have two sacrifice bunts right. uh, and then in game that seven. That also makes small ball more valuable. Yeah. When you have a team like they had, they constructed that can steal a base. Like you get a guy on base with small ball, it's even better. So I think they're like the sixth lowest paid roster. Their highest. If we're going to get some faded takes now, is that it could even be a reason the Yankees are so bad this season? They weren't built for that kind of style of play. Yes and no. I mean, they had some players that could steal bases, but there, there's a whole. I mean, We're I could have a small ball team. I could have an hour long podcast about the Yankees' problems. But I just think it's interesting how a change that you know I don't think many people thought much of, of might have, might have, might have affected the league. Which is yeah, in a good I, way. I don't think it's a bad way. I just think it's interesting. It, like I said, it definitely helped them, but long run. I don't think it has that much of an effect that you think. I think. No, no. I mean, ultimately, they had a good playoff run because they're hot. The biggest, the biggest rule change was the pitching, uh, pitch clock. For sure. So. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. I was just, I just came to me as I was sitting here. No, I mean that's that's a fair question. I haven't heard, I haven't heard anybody bring that up. I'm sure there's a honest. stat. I wish I probably, I wish there was a stat. Like I work, this is my field of work, so I think about this kind of stuff. Yeah. I would want to see a stat of. Like basically saying stolen bases versus how they gave you, like, you know, in terms of they give you an extra run or not. You know what I'm saying? Like if they turned into extra runs and then versus last season for teams. Yeah. I'm sure that's, that's, I, I, it might not sound like it makes sense, but it makes sense to me. But yeah, anyway. No, I get that. 
yeah uh thank you for tuning into a another episode of chuck talk um third episode this week that's dropping uh if you listen to this go listen to uh you betcha or the pick them whatever you want um yeah thank you for the love and support follow our socials new logo coming asap uh thank you and god bless love you